Coffeehouse Shots is sponsored by NatWest, the bank that's helping small businesses build back better and greener. The transition to net zero could create 130,000 new jobs for small and medium-sized businesses. That's why NatWest is aiming to lend $100 billion in sustainable financing by 2025. Find out more about climate support for businesses at natwest.com slash climate. Hello and welcome to Coffeehouse Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and this is the Sunday Roundup. It was the Justice Secretary Dominic Raab who undertook the government's media round this morning. Trevor Phillips began his interview with a grave subject, the tragic case of six-year-old Arthur Labino Hughes, who was tortured and murdered by his stepmother and father last year. Can you confirm that there will be an inquiry into this murder? Yes, good morning, Trevor. Look, uh, as a father of young boys myself, as a parent alone as Justice Secretary, I can't begin to imagine how anyone could be that cruel. Um, let me tell you exactly what we're doing. We've had those sentences for the two parents. The Attorney General's made clear she wants to review, have them reviewed where we have a, a mechanism for doing so. There'll be a local safeguarding review which will look at uh, the local authorities' actions, whether any lessons could have been picked up earlier, whether any warning flags could have been put up earlier. And the Prime Minister's made clear as well as that, we want to see how social services and the local authorities liaise with the criminal justice agencies and what lessons further we can learn. This is the second case I've dealt with this week. I saw Tony Hudgel and his parents, Paula and Mark, another very, very sad case of child cruelty. We've immediately, and I announced, steps to increase the sentences. The most vulnerable in our society need to have the maximum protection. Phillips went on to ask about the government's latest proposals to increase the rate of rape convictions. Reported instances of rape have been rising, but there has been a decline in the number of prosecutions. So we'll uh, set out some proposals later on this week, but first of all, we're going to be publishing scorecards, both for general crime but also for rape, which means we can see exactly where the system is working and exactly uh, where it isn't working, whether it's at the police stage, the prosecution stage, uh, prosecutions getting to court. Um, I'm hosting a tech summit tomorrow. Uh, one of the things that we're looking at in relation to the rape review, and we're going to be publishing our six-monthly update on where we've got to. That was uh, an action plan announced in June. We're going to be showing how we've made progress. One of the things we're looking at is how tech can drive up prosecutions, whether it's the uh, ability to get swifter uh, readouts from mobile phones from victims that come forward so they're not deprived of their mobile phone for, for long. We know that that's something that undermines confidence in coming forward to the police. One of the particular things that I've been looking at is what's called Section 28, pre-recorded testimony mm. for the victims of rape. We've been trialling this in, the, uh, in, in a number of Crown Courts. I actually think this is something we need to roll out nationally. I want to look at the right way to do that. The advantage that it has for a victim is that they have the opportunity to give their evidence without being through the additional trauma of the glare of the courtroom. And that can uh, secure more prosecutions, but it also can encourage earlier guilty pleas. So I think it's the right thing to do, but it's also an effective way of driving up those prosecutions. Andrew Marr sought to get some clarity from Rob about a Christmas party that allegedly took place in 10 Downing Street on the 18th of December last year. At the time, London would have been under Tier 3 restrictions, which should have precluded any such gathering. You must have asked people at some point, if only out of natural human curiosity, did this party happen? 
actually, um, we've been getting on with the job of the criminal justice. Never you to ask about we, it. We, I, I watch all of the flurry of uh, accusations, uh, counterclaims that are made. But the truth is, until there's something substantiated, until it's uh, more than the anonymous sources that, that I think, right. the fairness you've described, I, I don't think we're chasing the shadows. What I'm focused on is the criminal justice work that we're doing on victims, on drugs, on prisons, on the, the terrible cases that we've seen uh, with baby Arthur and baby... Uh, and, and Tony H uh, Hudgel, which uh, I was addressing uh, this week. So forgive me, I've got lots on my plate. I'm not chasing the unsubstantiated un anonymous reports that, um, that you've referred to. All right. You are a professional lawyer. Can we at least agree that if the party took place, it was breaking the rules? Well, if, if there's a breach of the rules, there's a breach of the rules. That's circular, Andrew. But I don't know uh, the full facts because so, so I wasn't so, there. So the answer to my question is yes. If there was a party, it was breaking the rules. Well, as you said, the, the definition on the guidance that you've just shown needs to be applied. It was quite heavily caveated, actually. Um, so, but look, of course, if there was a formal party held, of course, that's, that's something that was clearly uh, contrary uh, to the guidance you just cited. Ma also spoke to the Children's Commissioner, Dame Rachel D'Souza, about the case of Arthur Labino Hughes and what needed to change in the realm of child safeguarding. First, I think it's so important we're here talking about Arthur's case. The life of a child is of inestimable value and he, his voice was not heard and that's where we need to start. Obviously, uh, there's a serious case review underway and we need to see what, what, what that says, but we must take decisive action and now. Now, my concern is that here we are 20 years since this post was set up um, and we're still having these cases and there are two things that I think we absolutely have to do and do now. One, what what Arthur raised concern, he was not a baby, he was six years old, he raised concern and the system did not hear him. We must listen to the voices of children. And secondly, we're, we're no doubt with these reviews and national reviews that are absolutely right that they happen, they tend to make the same recommendations. My challenge to the system is going to be, let's, we need to, and, and this is what I've done, is go look at the best places where social care is, is, is delivered. Look at it, it's not a matter of system, system recommendations, it's a matter of delivery. When I go to the best places in this country, do you know what I see? I yeah. see people inquisitive about children. I see managers asking the right questions. I see so a, a lack system of curiosity really has been the problem here because after all, it wasn't just Arthur. You know, his grandmother raised concerns about bruises, um, and his uncle contacted the police, and still nothing was done. And, and that's why that professional curiosity is critical, but the system must support social workers' professional curiosity, not distract them on other things. You know, I've had 30 years in education reform and seen many of these cases. Education's unrecognisable because now, because we reformed and focused on children in the classroom, I, we need to see this in children's social care as well. It's happening, and, uh, but, but what I'll tell you is this is not a quick fix, an easy recommendation. The best places in the country that do this have taken three, four, five years to do this. It's a big job, but we must do it Low for Arthur. Change. For Arthur, we have to do it. D'Souza also had a message for the government in the event that severe COVID restrictions do come back into place. Everybody hopes there is not going to be pressure for new lockdown and new restrictions and the Omicron threat goes away again in, in some form. But it is possible that at some time before too long, the Prime Minister will say to you and to the rest of us, I'm really, really sorry, but this is such a serious threat, the Omicron variant, that we are going to have to close schools again. What would you say to him? Well, I 
I mean, I would urge him not to close schools. And, and let me just give, give you a sense of this. I mean, I coming out of lockdown, I went and spoke to the, put out a survey to the children of England and got more than half a million responses. That's the biggest survey ever in England and probably across the world. And do you know what the children told me? How that their biggest concerns, their mental health and well-being from being away from school, from their from their friends, their concerns about their education, their their concerns about not being able to be together out and play. They want things back to normal. They they've taken it, they took a mm. huge hit for us. We must not close schools again. And we're, you know, uh, my head teacher colleagues across the country are incredibly good at managing this situation. I watch them sure. rush into in to support the most vulnerable. And I would definitely advise not to do this if there is any other option. The new Shadow Environment Secretary, Jim McMahon, reacted angrily over the slow response to the fallout from Storm Arwen. Do you think that what's been done is adequate? And frankly, do you think, as some people said to me uh, in the northeast, if the, that a storm had hit the southeast, uh, do you think that the response would have been the same as it has been? Well, I'm in Oldham today, but I was further north uh, earlier in the week when I went to County Durham to meet residents who are directly affected by the power outage. You know, and that was now six days into the storm when I uh, visited. Uh, one of the first things I did in my new role in the Shadow Cabinet. Uh, and when you hear the real lived experience of people, you know, I, I beg his belief that in a national emergency, it wasn't uh, considered a national priority. You know, where was Boris Johnson? Why wasn't Cobra called to deal with this? Why is it taking a week for the army to be called in? You know, and I firmly believe, had this been the case where 20,000 properties were without power in Surrey or in London, the government would absolutely have treated it with more seriousness. And I think for people in County Durham who I spoke to, they felt isolated, they felt angry, uh, and they felt forgotten. And finally, Ma asked Rob about whether people should be looking forward to Christmas parties in 2021. So the head of the Health Security Agency, Dr Jenny Harris, says don't socialise if you don't need to. The Prime Minister says go to parties. Who's right? No, people should go to the parties, the no, events. She's wrong. Well, no, I don't know. I don't have the full context for what she said. And of course, the scientific uh, uh, advisors, the public health advisors will caveat very carefully what they say. But our message is this. Enjoy Christmas this year. The vaccine rollout means we're in a position to do so. And also, although I know you uh, like to have the definitive answers to I everything do. from the DPM, um, but we're also saying that employers can be trusted to take some... Ah, some, some on it, sorry, on no, no, let me finish that. Can be trusted to take common sense approach to the factors and circumstances in their businesses and in their sectors. So on employers, the business secretary said small parties, fine, big parties don't. Do you agree with that? I believe in trusting employers to get the common sense balance and not second guessing them with every different decision in regard to this. And our overwhelming advice is enjoy Christmas, uh, go to those uh, uh, events. People need to see that social interaction, whether it's at work or amongst family and friends. That's all for this week. I'm Isabel Hardman and this podcast was produced by Matthew Taylor. Don't forget to subscribe to the Coffeehouse Shops podcast on the iTunes store. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do subscribe to our daily Evening Blend email. It's a free roundup of all the political news each day, along with analysis and a diary on what to expect next. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash Evening Blend. Thanks for listening and do join us again next week. <laughs> <laughs>